Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that shit on everything. Hey, Craig. But hey, today yeah. we got shit to talk about. Um, That's right. This is this is basically yeah. This is podcast versus everyone, uh, episode one sixty six. I'm gonna call this the rosters fill- basketball roster is finally filling out edition. Um, yes. I'm Craig Powers. With me, as always, is Jeff Newser. Uh We don't do subs. Uh, probably. That's why we're not very consistent with the episodes right now. It's because we don't sub people <laughs> in and out. Uh, it's yeah, only us That's two. exactly Maybe it. Maybe we'll add a third, but it's usually just us two. Um, yeah. But Jeff, uh, you know, it's it's the morning started well uh, with, with for uh, Cougar Hoops fans today, like ourselves, um, with that first piece of big news. Um, Probably the best news that uh, WSU ha- has gotten in terms of basketball in a, in a while, and that is Muhammad Gay is coming back to play in Pullman for his sophomore season, and that is so fucking awesome. Oh, dude, I'm like I I am insanely fired up about that. Um, there was always the the sense that this was a distinct possibility. Um, from the moment he, you know, declared his intention to test the draft waters, uh, from the moment he put his name in the transfer portal, um, you know, the sense was that, that coming back to WC was a real possibility when I'm sure we'll talk a little bit later about, about F.A. Abagini, but, um, that one sort of felt like almost a little bit more of a courtesy call. I know he, you know, he had a, yeah, essentially a re-recruiting <laughs> meeting with the staff, uh, I don't know, a week or two ago. Um, that one felt more like, ah, you know, maybe kind of a courtesy to, to people who had done right by him. Uh, this one always felt very much like it was, it was definitely within the realm of possibility and not just, uh, you know, with crimson colored glasses, because, you know, you didn't, you didn't hear a lot of buzz about him, uh, contacting other teams, other, other programs, uh, you just you didn't hear a lot about oh he's considering these teams. It's you know it, it, essentially if you contrast it to what we saw happen with FA, um, it was very very different. And made it uh, you know the sense that he could or come FA, back. What, FA uh, put out a list of pretty much every yes. team in the entire country. <laughs> Here are fifty six teams that I am considering. Um, yeah, it's you know it was sort of the anti that, and, and not that FA did anything wrong. Like he did he did it his way and. 
Um, the way that Mo did it just sort of made it feel very much like if if he's not getting drafted, if he doesn't get you know a promise uh, somewhere where he wants to get one, um, you know the, the coming back is a very real possibility. And um, everything has been so quiet. You know, he he uh, really I think the only publicized NBA workout he took was in was in Portland. Um, right. You know, so it, it just sort of felt like everything was pointing this direction. But you also never know until. Until you know, TJ Bamba uh, over the weekend, you know, tweeted something that made it look like maybe he was coming back, and we all kind of, yep. uh, we all kind of got a little little Twitter pated about that one, and then uh, and then of course it happened today. So yeah, uh, super exciting, super uh, just like you know, I mean, you know, I, I know people have been you know super stressed out about the roster and and the lack of movement, and um, you know, as, as we saw today, you know, sometimes patience is. Uh, you know, patience is the right way to go. Yeah. And, you know, it, there was, it was, it was always the sense, honestly, with Mo. And like you said, there wasn't a lot of talk, not a lot of heat. Um, it was always, it always felt like if he wasn't going to get, if he wasn't going to get, uh, you know, some sort of draft guarantee, he probably was going to come back to WSU. Um, kind of what, what we heard is that he didn't really want to leave Pullman. He didn't really want to go to a different school. He, but he was kind of advised to at least test the waters, you know, because yep. there's money out there. Right. So, so, yep. but, so you can't blame a kid, uh, you know, if, if, if your advisors are telling you, go, go try to get the money, you know, whatever. And, and who knows, maybe WSC found some money for him. I don't know. Um, we haven't, haven't heard anything about that, but, but he, you could tell he, he was still invested because, he he was he recruited Andre Adrame De Jong like he he yep. was the lead recruiter on there and he helped bring him in um yep. and so you know he's he's investor here you know he got on that um he got an Instagram live with uh Noah uh Williams a, a couple uh, last week and he was he was giving Noah shit for playing for the Huskies and all this stuff so that that made me feel pretty good um, he's like, he's like, you're a coog, you're not a dog. What are you doing? All this stuff. So it was, it was pretty funny. Um, yeah. so, you know, I, I think Mo, you know, he, he, he seems like he likes it here, you know, and he, the staff, you know, obviously he bought into this staff, you know, he made a big decision to reclassify to, to come to Pullman. Um, and, and really I, I, I'm sure they've told him and, and why wouldn't he be, he's going to be one of the guys next year. Like you yep. look at who's coming back, there's no reason to think that his usage isn't going to go up. He's going to be a primary uh, defender. You know, he's going to put up, make big plays on defense. Uh, you know, he's probably going to have a lot, a little more freedom um, on offense. And we'll talk about the guards they're bringing in might might help him do a little bit better offensively too. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it. He seems like he he likes it here. He wants to play for Kyle Smith's staff, and you know maybe we only got him one more year, which I wouldn't be surprised. But he seems like he wants to improve his game, and this is a place that he felt he could do it. And I'm really happy to have him back because he's so fun to watch. And he just, and when he was healthy, he just got better and better um, throughout the year. You know, he actually, it, it's pretty funny. He shot 31 percent from three in. Pac-12 play, like which is pretty nuts. <laughs> like, yeah, um, he 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 had he had better numbers in conference play than he did 
in non-conference play when they were playing worse teams. You know, he 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 was he was a great defensive player. Um, you know, we saw we saw flashes of what he can do offensively. He just needs consistency, particularly with that that stroke, that shooting stroke. And plus, yeah, if he if he had a if he had guards that could better run the pick and roll and maybe see over defenses a little bit, he probably could have had a few more chances. Him and Fa, uh, definitely. Um, so you know, maybe he'll have more opportunities this year as WC maybe rolls out some bigger guards, more playmaking style guards versus kind of shooting like shooting guards that are playing point guard. Um, so it it'll be interesting. Really happy to have him back. He's so he's just so fun to watch. He's just He's good, obviously, but he's he's a, he's a ticket seller, man. Like he he's yeah he, he's a guy. He's gonna be on the poster, front and center, you know, all that stuff. Like he, he's he's just one of those guys. He's everyone knows him now. He came back. Kook fans are gonna love it, and you know, obviously, we already did, but but yeah, you know, it's even more. And and yeah, and so he's a coo. You know, everyone he's a coog now. Obviously, he was a coog before, but he kind of proved it. You know he's coming back, and 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 I'm really excited, and I'm I'm excited to see. You know he talked about how he wants to grow his game. I, I believe it. You know he's yeah. he's he hasn't played a ton of basketball, and and he's he's got a, a chance to just spend an offseason. He's he's got to be evaluated by NBA scouts and, and, and NBA coaches. And, and play with some great players at, at camps and, 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 you know, different things like that. And that workout in Portland you're talking about. So he's got to test himself. And so he's got a nice barometer on what he needs to work on. And he seems like a guy that that will put in the work because he has high aspirations. Obviously he does because he, he tried to go to the NBA. that He tried to go pro already. So he has those aspirations. And really he's only a freshman. He should be a freshman this year. So, it, yeah. uh, and so, um, he, he's, I expect some big growth from him and, and he's just so fun and so excited. And plus it wasn't even the only good piece of news this morning, right? Yeah. How crazy. Yeah. Like, uh, and you know, we went from a week ago, there's so many spots open. Now there's only really only one scholarship open, uh, because, uh, WSU got, what what I believe to be, I'm pretty sure you two, you too, and and you know we. I know Bryce thinks this. His great breakdown, a, a real legitimate impact uh, transfer from yeah from, a, you know, a, right now you know a top twenty, top ten program um, in Justin Powell, um, who's probably going to come in and, and play seventy five percent of the minutes at point guard. Honestly, like yeah. Uh, you know, maybe you know, depending on you know, Miles Rice may have something to say about that, and, and and Powell definitely could play the two too, but but I I think you know he's uh, so Justin Powell he was a top 100 recruit on ESPN in uh in in coming into uh, when he committed to Auburn he played 10 games his freshman year at Auburn uh, left uh, you know, under unceremonious circumstances but in, but those, in those, but those ten, 10 games those 10 games were awesome. Exactly, <laughs> were really good. It, it, those ten and games. His, were his the departure was precipitated that, by a concussion. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah. It's not like he got kicked off the team or something. He got an injury, went out the rest of the year, and then you know, decided to move along. But yeah. yeah, those ten games were really good. Yeah, and he's 
what, you look at those 10 games, and obviously you can look at his Tennessee where he was a, a kind of a deep bench player, didn't get on the court that much, played in every game almost, but didn't get on the court that much, and really was a like a fourth option type player on, on a very, very good team. Like it's That's not like a huge knock on that Tennessee team to be the fourth option coming up, right. you know, like, like there was, there's only so many shots to go around. Right. Um, but he wasn't yep. asked to be a playmaker. He wasn't, he was, he's really a spot up shooter for them. But when he, that one year at Auburn, uh, that those 10 games, he was a facilitator. He was a shooter. Uh, he had a 30 plus assist rate, which is, you know, that's, that's elite point guard level stuff. Yep. Um, and and he he's he's a good passer, got a great shooting form. Uh, really looks like he can knock down. He's a, he was over forty percent both of his, uh, you know, for his career. Um, he's over forty percent uh, total, forty uh, percent in his college career. Um, you know, he's he's a six six guard, and man, how great is that to have six six guards again? I mean, you and I spent all of last season basically just sort of, you know, lamenting to some degree the the size of of the two starting guards, right? And it was, I, and we kind of went through the whole season, um, j- just sort of thinking like, you know, we didn't particularly like the fact that we were starting two guys who were, you know, six foot and five ten or five nine or whatever, you know, Terrell Roberts was. Um, but also I think we, we both sort of realized like, you know, it's just kind of way the roster's constructed, right? Like now you can lay that at Kyle Smith's feet and say, you know, why are you recruiting, you know, two guys who are six foot and under, um, you know, cause we're not playing a six foot and under league, but at the same time, you know, it's, you know, Kyle Smith is, is going to go out and get the, you know, the best guys he can get. And, you know, sometimes those guys aren't. Um, super tall, but I, I, I really do feel like, um, as we, we talk about some of the other stuff that, that has been put together, um, with the team, you know, I really do feel like, I, I don't want to say like Kyle Smith learned his lesson, but last year definitely feels like he experimented with something he's not, he, he hasn't typically done. Um, his teams at San Francisco tended to be, um, pretty long, you know, they, they had some guys who weren't, I think Frankie Ferrari was only, you know, six feet tall or whatever, but, um, but in general he likes, you know, long, uh, multi-talented ball handler types, guys who can, um, you know, guys who sit there between, you know, six, four and six, eight, who can, uh, you know, play, you know, sort of two through four and, um, they can all sort of competently handle competently pass, you know, da, da, da. but lots of length, right? Like if we saw his first two seasons as, as coach, um, just what he can do defensively with length, right? Like um, some of those guys and the defense they were able to play, um, just pressuring the ball on the perimeter and things like that. Last season, you know, the defense was still very, very good, but we saw sort of the inherent limitations of that. Um, the one that everybody trots out, which, you know, I'll trot out too, is, you know, when uh, Terrell was guarding uh, Boogie Ellis on that last second shot for USC. And it was like, you know, I mean, good hustle stayed in front of him, but I mean, Boogie Ellis is, I think he's six, five or six, six, like, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Right. And you're, you're five, nine, five, 10. There's only so much you can do to contest that shot. And, you know, he just shoots over you. So last season really, um, I think exposed the limitations of having a smallish, um, you know, guard rotation, 
um, and, and, and how that made things difficult. It, it, it took the zone really mostly off the table uh, yeah. for them. You know, they tried to run it. Well, and when they Kyle ran, it was Smith, awful. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like Kyle, Kyle would run it um, for whatever reason, but it was it was horrendous, and and I don't doubt that some of that had to do with the fact you just you know you got short guys. I mean, we saw you know the year before um, when you were running, you know, your shortest guy out there was six three Isaac Bonton. Um, you know, you saw what that link could do to disrupt people, even with uh, even with his own when it wasn't your bread and butter. So all that to say, I am unbelievably pleased uh, that we have gone tall that we um, have gotten taller guys. Um, you know, there's, there's a non-zero chance that we have tall a starting lineup next guys, year. Too. Yes. Just, not just tall, just but tall and talented. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a non-zero chance we run out of starting lineup next year. That's all six, five and above. Uh, yeah. If miles rice goes in the starting lineup, then it's six, two, six, five, six, 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 eight, six, 11, six, 10. Like it's um, man, there is a lot of length and I love it. Um, you know, guys will be, you talked about Powell's ability to shoot. I mean, at 6'6", you know, he's not going to be bothered by a lot of contests in the way that, uh, you know, maybe Flowers and, and Roberts were. Um, just all around, I, I, I like this philosophy of roster construction a hell of a lot better. And again, like you said, it's not tall just to be tall. Um, these are guys who can play. And I, I think that he's got, um, you know, a nice mix of guys who, who are tall, um, who can, you know, distribute. I think with a lot of these guys, defense is a question mark, but I think we just trust that Kyle Smith is going to, you know, always be able to mold um, his players into, into an excellent defense. So, yeah, I am, I'm absolutely tickled. I'm absolutely tickled with Powell. Um, just like you said, that the thought of having somebody tall throwing those entry passes into the big men, um, you know, we know that Powell was sort of what we call a, a shadow commit, right? He was, he was waiting to see if Gay came back. And when Muhammad came back, then he went ahead and committed and signed. Um, and, and I'm sure that, you know, being able to throw lobs to gay and, and, uh, and a drama and, and throw the ball inside to Deshaun. I mean, it's, you know, there, there are going to be lots of targets for him as, as a good passer to, to find a good passer with good height, uh, to well, find. So and, very exciting. And, and, and I know Bryce has, has mentioned a lot, like, it, it, is that one thing this team really lacked last year was passing. Yep. Um, and and Powell has good vision. He he he's a good passer. Um, and plus, you know, we're 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 working off him when he was a freshman. He's coming in. He's to be a third year guy, third year yep. sophomore, basically. And and yep. so he's have a ton more experience. You know, he's played SEC minutes. He played, you know, and uh, so it, it it's very exciting. Um, to, he'll come in, and, and and obviously he he's looking. He's look. He came here for the opportunity to play more, um, and, and so this only, you know, we were hoping we we needed guards. We needed guards because, you know, even if we we under the assumption that Mo could come back, like we're like well, we still need guards, and and this just fills fills a a, a void, like and just it very very important need, and, yep. and it's great that, you know, it it's just, uh, it, it's so nice to see the staff like to have a staff that seems to have you know, things in mind that they want and they go yep. and find them last year. It was outside shooting. And so they went and got flowers and they went and got Roberts and that, and that ball was security that, and ball security. It was <laughs> and ball those, security. And it definitely worked out that way. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was definitely the ball security worked out. You know, they sacrificed some things, um, you know, having two smaller guards on the floor. Um, so now we're going to go back the other way, still see if we can take care of that basketball 
but maybe fi- find some more in, in terms of the pick and roll and, and all that um, because we, we have some guys that can really destroy teams, some bigs that can really destroy teams with pick and roll. Let, you know, run, you know, let's get a guard that can throw that oop on the back door and yep. all that stuff. Um, it's exciting. Powell seems like that, that guy. And, you know, from all, all accounts, like Rice, you know, the staff believes Rice can be that guy too. Yes, absolutely. And, and they Rice, are so high on. Yeah, they if, are if so Rice, high on Miles Rice. If Rice is eighty percent of what we've heard about Rice, he's yep. going to be a great rotation player. Um, that even would push for for a ton of minutes. So, um, yeah. well, yeah, and let's I, also be honest about Powell. This is a guy looking to play one season and go pro. Like that's not. I don't think that's. That that's not doesn't seem to be some kind of secret. Like he, um, you know, three seasons. Uh, you know, his first ten games at Auburn, he was starting to show up on you know draft boards, a potential sort of late lottery pick. And then you know the injury happens, and he goes to Tennessee and doesn't play. And then now he's out here. Um, you know, if he plays to what he certainly believes he can play to, um, and what I think the coaching staff, and they're going to give him every chance to do that, right? Yeah. Like. Kyle Smith is, uh, you know, you could either say well-known or notorious, depending on your point of view, but well-known or notorious for giving his point guards a lot of latitude, his, yep. his ball handlers, a lot of latitude. And, and I think that appealed to Powell. And so he's, you know, he might be looking for, you know, just one season. If he has that kind of a season, then that means WSU, that's probably really good things for the team. And then, you know, you got Miles Rice playing a year, you know, as, as a contributor and then. Um, and then he's ready to sort of assume the reins, uh, you know, in his third season. So I, I think it all, I think it's all good, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fired up. I, I think what I love the most about the way the roster is put together is that you can see a potential for a really high ceiling. Um, and, and I think that last year, you know, not to sort of harp on the short guards thing <laughs> too much longer, but I think that the biggest thing was that you saw there was a pretty definite ceiling of what the team could do. And, you know, we, we all wanted them to make it back to the NCAA tournament, you know, and we were excited about that possibility. But, but when we played teams that were, you know, physically gifted, physically superior, taller, longer, more athletic, um, as, as we've seen a lot of times in WC's history, we just couldn't couldn't we just couldn't rise to that level physically. Right. You know, playing UCLA, playing Arizona. Um, you know, couldn't quite get over the hump against USC twice. And I'd argue it probably came down to that. Um, so I think that what this does now, you know, maybe this team isn't as good as last year, you know, it's possible. Um, but I certainly think that with the way that they've put it together and the talent they've amassed, the ceiling is certainly higher. And I think last year's team was sort of a, a high floor, uh, but potentially kind of low ceiling type team. Um, I don't know how low the floor is on this team, but I definitely think their ceiling is higher. Um, and that, that, that's, that's very appealing to me. Well, and the big thing about go so, the big thing about going out and getting Powell and getting Gay back is that now you you are able to bring in uh, freshmen that are kind of works in progress that you don't yep. need because the last few years WSU has needed these freshmen to make impacts. They needed Gay. They needed Abagini. Yeah. They needed Deshaun. We weren't sure what Gay was going to do. We were like, yeah. ah, is he going to play that even much? Two well, year, yep, even yep, he played three years ago, they needed Noah to play big minutes. Yep. But yep. coming in this year, there's, you know, 
I, I expect De Jong to play some some substantial minutes, but we're not relying on him. I really doubt he's going to be a starter. Um, we're, but I don't. He, he's so. he's gonna unless be, Deshaun's hurt. But, unless Deshaun's hurt, but that's why you have him. You know, we, we right. we've learned having that that third or fourth big is is important. And speaking of a fourth big, and speaking of a guy that you can sign, and maybe, um, maybe he turns out to be you know impact, but maybe he's also someone that uh, you can have as a reserve player, and then have big things in the future and that's that they went out and signed uh, another guy from europe uh, and mail him on crespin uh, you know if who knows how you pronounce that in french dude yeah. i don't know <laughs> um but uh it, you know as uh I, what the 2023 champs i i get beasley bandit uh dubbed him on twitter the uh yeah. what the big baguette <laughs> yeah yeah the big baguette I don't know, is that. that racist i don't know uh, but uh, maybe uh, <laughs> I don't know a croissant. We could call him the, the big, big croissant. croissant. No, I think yeah. big baguette is good. But yeah, I, so, I do. You get the alliteration in there. Yeah, that's always uh, really important. But um, but yeah, so you got you get another big kind of you know, uh, you know, truly a, a European big in, in that yep. you go a skilled big man. He's six nine, six ten, somewhere around there. He's only seventeen years old. So that's you immediately think like this guy's kind of maybe a a a a a, a, a project type player because but he's also like like Andre has been paid to play basketball already, <laughs> but, yep. and and uh, and he's he he's got some skills. He can shoot the ball. He's got a real nice shooting base. Um, I think he you know his his percentages aren't great yet, but. He's got the mechanics there, and and he really knocks down some tough shots. When you look at his uh, uh, at, at his uh, highlights, and also, it's not he's not just a jump shooter. Um, he attacks the basket. I really like he attacks the front of the rim. He seems to seems to understand his size. You you yeah. get a lot of big guys, even you know European big guys like high Andre that don't realize that they're big and can just just go at the rim and, and just attack the front of the rim. And, and you know, from what I've seen in his highlights, he does that. And yeah. and, uh, and and that's good to see. Uh, and so there's just a, you know, you see so many tools in this guy and you see why he's the type of player that Kyle Smith would go after. Yeah. He's very European. Yeah. <laughs> he's just got that very... European basketball feel. Um, he's not hyper athletic. Uh, I mean, he's definitely athletic enough. Yeah, uh, but he's, he's not. Athletic. A, he's 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 athletic enough for the Pac-12. Yeah, for sure. he's but he's not a he's not a rim running dunker like Fa or Mo or or you know Drame. It's like I, this guy's a little you know he's he's smooth. He's smooth with the ball. He he definitely strikes you as someone who um, you know maybe had a little bit of a late growth spurt. Um, cause he developed, you know, sort of all these other skills. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's got just, he's a really smooth passer. Um, there, there are some, there are a handful of passes in the highlights that I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure I've seen any WSU big man make a pass like that in, 
years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm honestly not sure. Um, so he has, he has a feel for the game. He, he's just, he's much less raw, I guess I'll put it than other people. Now, is he, does that mean he's going to contribute? I think not necessarily, you know, watching the highlights. I know we all sort of, as we were talking on Slack, we were all like, wow, holy cow, this is, whoa. And then you look at his actual stats and you're like, eh, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're like, okay. Like you look at his shot and you're like, okay, this guy can really stroke it from three. And then you're like, oh, he actually shot 20% from three. So, um, you know, I think what's probably going on there is a bit of inconsistency. Um, you know, I, I think he needs some time, my guess would be to, to sort of grow into, um, you know, the rigors of playing at a high level. But again, you can definitely see there's some polish there on a lot of that stuff that, um, you know, just a feel for the game that, that we haven't always gotten from our bigs because our, our bigs the last few years, you know, have been fairly raw when, when we've landed them. And, and this guy is um, much less raw, I think probably inconsistent, but much less raw, um, you know, really excellent feel for the game. And, and he's going to bring um, a different dimension. I th- I'm sure he'll play this year. I'm not sure how much, but yeah. um, because of what he's able to do as potentially like a high post initiator, um, you know, I could definitely see him playing. I don't think he'll ever play on the, at the same time as Deshaun. Um, cause I think they take up kind of the same space. I know he can, yes. he can go out to the three point line, but stylistically they're fairly similar, you know, sort of uh low to the ground, back to the basket kind of guys. Um, but I could definitely see him, you know, playing with, with Mo or, or drama and, um, you know, kind of being that high post initiator and, you know, backdoor cuts and lobs and things like that. Um, you know, he, he could be a really interesting piece that way as, as a bit of a change up in how they want to run their offense. Yeah. And, and just, you know, and he wasn't, you know, wasn't totally under the radar yet. Um, reported offers from BYU and Oregon state, St. Mary's, uh, St. Louis. So there, yeah. I mean, some solid programs out there in that, that were wanting him definitely seems like, and a probably player. a lot of other programs that would want him in another year. You know, yeah, and so that's exactly. kind of what we've done here is, is get him early and, you know, let him grow. And and you mentioned earlier, you know, the way Muhammad improved last year. I think that's a major selling point. You know, yeah. Muhammad's like he he grew by leaps and bounds and he felt confident enough in the coaching staff to want to come back and continue that growth. So, you know, that is a massive selling point, I think, for these bigs who um, you know, want to come over, want to get better. I mean, look at. <laughs> look at our front court, man. Look at where they came. I mean, Deshaun came from someplace fairly normal. I think he's what San Francisco or the Bay Area. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, Southern, Area, or is yeah. it Southern California? Okay. Anyway, no, I think California. But then you got you know Senegal, uh, Senegal, <laughs> and then I know Deong was uh, playing in Phoenix, but he's from Senegal, France, right? Like you know we're we're pulling these guys from all over the place. I mean, Pal obviously not a big man, but coming from the southeast, like. Like that's not a small feat getting a guy to to come up here uh, from the southeast. So you know, again, just just more kudos for Kyle Smith and uh, and the staff. You know, John Andershek and Jim Shaw and, and Derek Phelps. Uh, you know, the the incredible job that those guys are doing. Um, it really is. Uh, it really is astounding, man. And and well, we're able yeah. to sit here. I know a lot of people thought the sky was falling, and we're sitting here saying, "Yeah, man, NCAA tournament. Let's go. Let's do it." Um, yeah, like, remarkable it, that they've been able to do that. Yeah, it's. The the way they the way they uh they recruit is just it takes a massive amount of effort. Yep. They, they they are not they are not randomly finding guys. You know, they're not looking just 
but you know, you know, they got a backyard kid in Darling, but but that but you know, you're you're allowed to do that, you know. Yeah, and, and you, of course. And he was—he's definitely worth the the you know the risk or worth the shot. You know, he—he's—he's a, he's a legacy, and it, and he obviously can shoot and whatever. But now, but then you go and you you search and you find guys in in France and, and everywhere, and, and 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 you love it that they they work so hard. And, and we know we've talked to the staff; they're you know, they're up late. They're 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 looking at guys that they're traveling to tournaments in Africa and, and all around the world to, to spot talent uh, early. You know, they're, they're, they're looking at 15 year olds. They are working at 16 year olds that they're establishing these relationships. And, and like you said, they're getting in early and sometimes convincing the kids to come early, come earlier than they maybe were going, going to go to school and, and choose WSU. Get your get your career started early. If you want to be a pro, might as well start getting that that everyday training uh, from a good staff early. And they sold that really well. And honestly, the fact that you know FA comes in, what well, all he went through, they they took a they took kind of a, a a risk, you could say, on him. Two years, he's got a, a deal with Ignite, which I'm sure he's going to be making solid money. Honestly, like. Yeah, night pays. He'll probably make like a hundred grand a year or something. I don't know if the, it's been reported yep. yet, but to, to play for Ignite and and a legit shot to get in the NBA in a year or two, you know, and, and so and and that that looks good, and you know that's why FA we haven't talked about it, but that best case scenario was him going pro in some way if he wasn't going to come yeah. back to WSU. Yes. And, yep. and so that that worked out, you know. Thank God he didn't go to Arizona. That would have just been heartbreaking, like <laughs> to have to play him twice a year. <laughs> but, oh yeah, that would uh, have been that would have made me much more despondent than Noah going to UW. Yeah, like, what <laughs> if FA had gone to Arizona? I would have been like, you know, just like that. That would have been that would have been a really tough pill to swallow. So yeah, like you said, best case scenario. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's going pro, uh, if he ends up in the NBA, um, then, you know, Washington state is attached to his name. Uh, you know, it's all, it's all good. So, you know, again, Kyle Smith and staff can point to FA and go, Hey, you know, dude was here for two years, uh, grew enough that he was signed by the, the NBA investing him and ignite. I think this is the thing, um, you know, our friend Bryce, uh, Hendricks points out like w- when you're signed to ignite, that means, uh, the NBA is invested in your development. And that is, that's a really, really big deal. Like that's, that's not a small deal. Um, You know, they, they are invested in seeing you develop and get better. And so, you know, for FA, it it certainly seemed like he was um, really kind of wanting to get on with his professional career, which is great. You know, I mean, it's, listen, his story is such that, you know, I, I do not fault him one bit for wanting to. Um, you know, get on with that if possible. I mean, he, you know, obviously from Nigeria, but moved to, I can't remember where, where the NBA Academy in Africa was, uh, when he, when he was there, but it was, it was not in Nigeria. It was, it was in another country. Mm -hmm. Um, so he moved to another country in, in Africa as, as a teenager and then moved to Australia to participate in the uh, NBA Academy there as a teenager, blows out his knee um, rehabs all the way back, 
nobody is really sniffing around. WSU takes a flyer on him. Um, and then he comes in and, um, you know, and, and really kind of blows up and, you know, improves, you know, a huge amount from his freshman to sophomore year. I know that um, the counting stats don't necessarily show it, but but he definitely did, um, you know, just improved in, in so many different ways, um, you know, to then go from there to, you know, a professional contract, which, you know, should lead to another professional contract somewhere after that. Um, you know, it's, it's really awesome. It's awesome for him. I'm thrilled for him. And, um, you know, like you said, best case scenario for WSU. You know, if he gets drafted, it's, you know, from Washington State University, F.A. Abagidi, and everybody wins, and um, coaching staff can point to that. So, yeah, really good scenario, and, and I think that, you know, while we'll miss him, and I'm sure we all wanted him back, um, I also don't look at the roster and think, like, you know, we're really screwed because we lost F.A. That's, I mean, that's what the staff has done is, you know, you look at it and go, well, you know, okay, we're, we'll be all right. You know, you know, we get Deshaun and another year older, and, and Mo should – take a step up and, you know, we're not going to necessarily maybe get the highlight real blocks unless, unless Dion can do that. Maybe he can, I don't know, but, um, I don't you know, think there's, anyone, there's, cut, there's not many people on the, on no, the nobody Earth doesn't like that. That like yes. FA that can make the plays. That, FA makes, <laughs> but, yeah. that do them like that. So yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I, I don't think we've really lost anything in the front court when you factor in, um, you know, the development of Mo and, and Deshaun and, um, what you might get from the two freshmen, you know, I, I don't think we are weaker in the front court this year than we were last year. And, and I, and I think there's a very real chance we could be stronger. So, um, and it's very overall, exciting. You, you look at, um, Bart Torvik, his, his preseason projections. Um, I, I, he's probably underselling Rice's minutes a bit, but, um, I, I don't I think he definitely it. is. Yeah. I don't, but he did. He adjust, He adjusted from this morning and, and made gave Powell the minutes that he most likely was yes. going to get, and, and Gay yep. and, and all that. So, uh, but they're up to number fifty three. You know, when they yeah. started this off season with FA and everyone coming back, they were in the thirties, of course. Um, but but you know, obviously, uh, you know, now it's fifty three. They were down in the eighties when that roster was depleted. Yeah. Uh, so um, fifty three. That's about where they started last year. Um, so that's a good sign. You know, you lose three key contributors, uh, but you don't, you know, we've talked about it. They've lost their best player every year and they've gotten better the next year. So they're yep. going to test that again, uh, this year. Cause you know, I don't know who you want to call the best player, but it's either probably, it was probably either Abigail or flowers. So one of those two players were their best, was their best player and they lost them. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to, to see if they could do that again. And they've built a roster now that, that definitely has the potential to do that, especially yeah. if you get some, some jumps from, from Bamba, Yaki, Deshaun and, and Mohammed, you know, that, that just, if you get, get a little bit of a jump from there, maybe Rice is as good yeah. as they say he is. And Jay yeah. Mullins is a sharpshooter and Justin Powell is, is that NBA guy that, that uh, he thinks he is, you know. So yeah. you know, there's there's legit potential. The roster is constructed. You were talking to ceiling. The roster is constructed that where the floor is like not that low either. Um, there's just enough talent. Like if you look at the guys, like like Powell is a former top 100 guy. Gay is a former top 100 guy. Yaki is a former top 150 guy. Deshaun is a former top 150 guy. Um, there's just like legit talent and, you know, Deong top 100 guy. 
Like Mullins was a top one fifty guy. Mullins a top one fifty guy. Uh, it, 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 you know, and, and then you have guys, you know, that are just, you know, Bama is just a, like an athletic freak and and, yep. and like stuff like that. It's just the, the, these type of second year in a row are going to be like looking at this roster and like trying to figure out what the hell the rotation is going to be. <laughs> yeah. I know we've already tried so, to do that. Have and, you and have you hard. taken a stab at all at, at thinking about who who your ideal starting five is? Who you think it might be? Well, okay, Just so, I, so I go the one is Powell. Uh, the two is the it, two is the hardest one, honestly. Yeah. Um, because like, ideally, you would love if TJ could play the two. Yeah. But I I don't know if he can. Like I don't know if he can play thirty five minutes of the two. You know. Yeah. It, but but uh, so. You guys Just because that, of because of ball handling and passing, yeah, is that yeah. kind of what you're thinking? But but I think that TJ will play the two some, and I think that uh, Powell will play the two some, and Rice will play the one, and it'll mix in. Yep. But if we go starting five, I think I'll go uh, probably Powell, um, Mullins, Bamba, Gay, Jackson. Would probably be uh, a start, and, and honestly, the, the the combination of Gay and Jackson really depends on how Gay's uh, jumper has evolved. Yeah, because uh, that could be, and same for Deshaun if if he's hitting the fifteen footer more consistently. Uh, otherwise, you have two guys that are kind of sucked in the middle, and that could that could cause issues for the offense. But um, but yeah, if those five. And then you 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 have like significant off the bench Rice and Yaki um, and Rodman and Diong, so that'd be like your top nine. I'm thinking like we're probably gonna have to go nine. And then you're still yeah. you know you got Crespin for for foul trouble subs, which are definitely gonna happen quite frequently, um, especially in Pac-12 play. Uh, you know, and I the one you know obviously the front court depth and the depth that you know the, at the 3 4 and 5 the depth is insane you know there there's just guys like you can you you can interchange where where it gets a little shaky is the one and the two you know that's you you have three guys uh Mullins they obviously want to play at the one and the two and then Powell they obviously want and then Rice is a is a one you have three guys where you don't have as much margin for error there. And if Bomba can play some guard, that, that does help a little bit. But um, yeah, again, we're, we're at that position where it's like, there's, they have, they, they can interchange. They have a lot of players. They have a lot of players that will deserve minutes. And, and it'll probably be, again, we'll get to that, um, non-conference schedule and there'll be a lot of rotation like there was last year and it'll be interesting to watch yeah so i think uh i think i agree with most of what you said as far as the starters go um i think pa- obviously powell is locked in uh mo is locked in and, and bomba is locked in so i think those three are absolutely locked in it's gonna be interesting to see what he does what kyle smith does with the other guard spot um like like i'm with you on on the bomba situation you know, we know that Kyle Smith likes to have two ball handlers on the floor at a time. Um, and, and TJ Bamba, God bless him, not really a ball handler right now anyway, or wasn't last year or the year before. 
Now he made huge strides last season with his, uh, with the turnovers, particularly, um, now a huge part of that was simply not shuffling his feet when he put the ball on the floor yep. or stepping on the sideline. Uh, but <clears throat> still, you know, he's, he has shown, uh, the ability to grow and improve. So maybe, maybe the handle gets better, uh, a lot better and he can, you know, be a competent, um, second ball handler. But, you know, I, I think what we see is that, you know, Kyle Smith likes to have two guys on the floor. Um, who can really, um, you know, both, you know, sort of handle, but also maybe initiate a little bit. Um, and in fact, you know, at times last year, he kind of had three, right? Noah was in that spot as, as the three man. So um, you know, he likes having guys who can do that. So I, I think that either Rice or Mullins is also going to start. I don't know which. Um, I know the coaching staff loves Rice. I know Bryce Hendricks loves Rice. I know that, you know, people who watch Rice swear that he's awesome. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's a strong possibility. Um, I also think that, you know, Mullins being more experienced, um, you know, playing two years at St. Mary's, um, I, I think I tend to lean that direction in terms of what will probably shake out at the beginning of the year, um, as him as, as your secondary guy. I'm, I'm not sure about that. Um, but you know, I, I think that's kind of the direction I'm leaning. And then as far as the bigs go, um, I, I do think think that Kyle really liked playing two bigs last year um, after, you know, kind of being maybe a little thinner in terms of, of big men, uh, you know, the previous two years, I think, I think he kind of loved what having those two bigs did for his defense. So I do, I do think I agree with you that it's going to be uh, Muhammad and Deshaun up front, um, you know, kind of four or five, but uh, especially if Gay's three point shot has developed into something respectable. Um, if it hasn't, um, I think that you could see uh, Yaki step into that uh, that four spot, and then and then Muhammad uh, slide down to the five. So um, I'm not kind of sure how that's going to shake out, um, but I do feel you know I do feel confident that um, you know Bamba Powell and, and Gay are going to be three of those guys. I'm just not kind of sure um, how those other two shake out, and you know who knows? I mean injuries <laughs> injuries can play a role. I mean Deshaun hasn't had a healthy season yet, so you know cross our fingers that you know maybe just he stops being snake bitten and um, or whatever. But I think that you know Bryce wrote a piece that I have not edited yet. That by the time people listen to this, will probably be up on the website. But um, there's kind of talking about sort of the positional flexibility that you've got here. You start thinking about okay, guys that can do different things. You know, Powell can go one two. Um, you know, Miles Rice seems more just sort of like a, a locked on one. Um, but you know, Powell can go one, two, Bamba can go two, three, you know, Andre can go three, four, DJ can go three, four, uh, Deshaun Jackson's really a locked in five. Jabe Mullins can go two, three, uh, you know, drama can go both four, five. Um, you know, I, you know, if you want to go real small, uh, Crespin can go four, five, he could go five. You know, and then you just kind of do like a like a small ball situation, um, you know, with a six nine big man. It's it, there's just a lot of room for flexibility and, and different things, and um, and I think Kyle Smith's going to have some fun, you know, putting combinations out there and kind of seeing what they can do. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I, I kind of want to want quickly touch on uh, this kind of you know the early freak out over the transfer portal. But ultimately, you know, what, what we said early is, like, guys typically transfer down. And that's kind of what we saw. You know, the yep. one guy that could have transferred up was F.A. And he decided to go. Um, decided to go pro. Decided to go pro. Noah, you know, sideways maybe, but 
to a program that's in worse <laughs> you're shape. Too, you're too kind. You're too kind. Yeah, I mean, to a program. <laughs> he that's definitely in, transferred down. Come on, Craig. Yeah, like obviously UW's not, not but they, you know they they they're bringing in guys. It'll be interesting to see if they shoot a single three pointer all season. But whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. But it. But then you got Tyrell went to USF, which obviously USF is is had a better season than we did last yeah. year. Yeah, but at the sure. same time, obviously that that they're going to he's going to WCC. Yeah. WCC not a better program, and, not a better conference, yeah. new coach. You yeah. know. So. Yeah. So, but but you know, and then Rap went to Hawaii, and you know, so we, we didn't expect him to transfer up, but but yeah. then WSU actually gained some massive benefit here. You know, obviously, actually, you could say Jay Mullins transferred up, uh, although St. Yeah. Mary's probably definitely a better program yeah. than we are <laughs> but yeah. um uh but but you know in terms of conference he transferred up you know sorry gonzaga fans uh but uh but you know powell is the perfect example of a guy that wsu can get in the portal a guy that was highly touted at a high school goes to some like top 10 programs can't really get on the floor as much as he wants to goes to WSU because he sees an opportunity there. Yep. And this is the type of guy that they can pull in the portal. And, and so if you're looking at the portal this year, it's, it's been nothing but a net benefit for WSU. Like you can't yep. like it, it's, they lost in the portal. FA doesn't count. They did not lose FA in the portal. He went. He went pro, but they lost in the portal. They lost Noah, they lost Rap, and they lost Tyrell Roberts and Jefferson Kulabali. And Kulabali Jeff- ends up at SMU. Kulabali and Rap weren't going to play. Noah's no. role was going to be diminished, and so was Tyrell. And so was Tyrell Roberts. So yep. instead, with those scholarships so far, uh, they've brought in Powell and Mullins. Now, Powell, I think, is an upgrade over Noah. I oh, and yeah. Mullins potentially an upgrade over Roberts. You know, defense, we'll see. But they've also used those scholarships to bring in Crespin and DeYoung. You know, it, yep. it's they they've not been hurt by the portal this year. Now it's been yeah. tough, like it's been tough emotionally to True. follow this. But ultimately it's worked out well. And and it, it's good to have a staff that is on the ball and can re-recruit Muhammad Gay, can bring in guys like Powell, can identify a guy like Mullins um that that fills a role, fills a need for you. So um, yeah, I think, and plus they have one more scholarship. Who knows? I I tend to think they'll probably get a, another high schooler with it. But, um, but you know, if there's a guy out there that's an impact player, they have a scholarship left to, to grab him. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hate another guard who could yeah. shoot. Exactly, you know, a shooter for sure. That would not make me sad. Uh, but yeah, I so I'm looking at the roster. By the way, I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if you realize this. We have zero seniors yeah. on the roster. Well, DJ Robin. Junior. 
Nah, he doesn't count because he's a know, he's, with the COVID year. He's a junior. Yeah, he'll be a fourth year player, but yeah, you know. So yeah, COVID COVID's doing funny things because of COVID. Uh, Eleven of our thirteen scholarships are taken up right now by freshmen and sophomores. <laughs> so, but it's funny, you know. I changed my uh, my little scholarship tracker. Uh, so that it used to go like five years into the future, right? But um, yeah, that that's stupid because yeah. that will never happen ever again. Yeah. Except for like you know maybe one player, right? DJ Rodman like DJ might Rodney. actually be a guy yeah, who sticks around five for five or six years, right? Um, but other than that, you know, mostly it's you know guys in guys out every every couple few years. But I do think that you know just sort of as a final thought. You know, as we think about how they might use that last roster spot, like just the way that because of the transfer portal, you know, the way you think about constructing a roster is just kind of so different. Um, You know, if we think back to the Bennett's, right, you would, you know, they'd recruit some guys who could play pretty soon. And, you know, and then you recruit some guys who who you knew were going to need two or three years to develop. Right. Like they recruited dudes who they they knew they were just going to have to invest time in and that was okay. And that eventually it was going to pay off down the road. You know, we'll supplement with some Juco guys in the meantime, but you know, guys like, you know, Aaron Baines, you know, is going to be a monster by the time he's a junior senior. Um, I know that was the plan for, you know, Thomas Abercrombie, right. Before he left and went, you know, back to New Zealand. So it's just like, they, they kind of did that, you know, over time, y- you don't really do that <laughs> anymore. Right. Like, um, you know, maybe the, the closest example to that on the roster right now is a guy like Dylan Darling, right. Who, you know, had some, you know, small major offers kind of blows up as a senior WSU says, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll offer you a spot. No expectation. He's going to play right away. You know, he's, he's definitely going to develop, uh, you know, Miles Rice, Carlos Rosario, um, you know, redshirted last year. So, you know, I, I guess you, you would sort of put them in that category, but they're, they're just, you can't do that you know, it's hard to plan for that um, anymore. Be like, yeah, you know, we're going to stash this guy and then, you know, really kind of work with him. Um, you know, so that last spot, I, you know, I'm really, I'm really curious. Like, do they, do they go for a guy who contributes? Do they go for someone who's sort of high upside and, you know, hope he sticks around for two, three years? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm really, I'm really interested because, you know, the idea of a guy sticking around for four or five years with a red shirt, um, that's just not, it's just, it doesn't happen. It's not happening anymore. Um, it's just very different. So, yeah, really curious. Yeah, but overall, to wrap it up, yeah, we, uh, I, you know, exciting day. Um, I, I know that you didn't want to stretch this one out too far, so I'm going to move this <laughs> along. here we are. Um, yep. Let's, let's briefly uh, talk about – I'm not even taking a break because we're not doing that long of an episode. Sorry. Um, what are you drinking, Jeff? I have – the uh, eight wired eye stout affogato imperial stout. Jesus, I haven't heard eight wired in a long time. I haven't heard that yes. brewery in a long time. Where'd you even yes. find this? That? Is, this is a product of New Zealand. I, um, I know. Yeah. Yeah. But they've been yeah. around for a while. Like, yeah. They had, it, uh, they had it at, at Rainier Growlers. So I picked this up a little while ago. Uh, and I love uh, affogato. Um, which is uh, like gelato with uh, with espresso poured yep. on top of it, yep. um, which is delicious. Um, so this is brewed with lactose, coffee, and vanilla, trying to kind of get you that vanilla gelato with espresso poured on top. Um, I like it. 
it's not as uh coffee as as i would um maybe have expected um they seem to definitely have been going for sort of more of the ice cream type flavor so it's definitely got some of that um some of the sweetness to it uh obviously the vanilla is pretty dominant um the coffee is is kind of right there you know at, at the front and then and then sort of dissipates and um you know me being hardcore coffee drinker i was kind of looking forward to a little more coffee in it but it's tasty it's good i like it nice yeah uh that's that's wild um uh i haven't i haven't had an eight wired beer in god 10 years at least that's wild i I haven't even seen them that much maybe they're having a little bit of a resurgence i mean they were big back then like hop wired and stuff um but yeah that's 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 cool man eight wired that's a, yeah. that was a throwback for me I, it's so old like it predated when i used to check i love beers. that i surprised you yeah like it, that makes so me feel so good predates when i used to check in my beers and untap because i looked on tap like i know i've had many eight wired beers but you know i i got on tap in like 2013 so it was before that that i had eight wired yeah, yeah. beers um i mean i haven't checked in beers on untap that much in like a couple of years but you know whatever uh, at some point you get to so many thousands of beers that it's not that interesting anymore. um yeah that's cool man <laughs> eight wire now i'm on their website i'm checking them yeah. out you know like oh they're, they're doing you cans go. and shit oh, now this this was in a can this yeah. was in a can everyone's doing cans now well yeah yeah what about you well um so uh you know i'm on that that last second uh diet for uh uh, <laughs> for the wedding here for your wedding um and i and i didn't get you know fucking you got kids didn't have time to go for a run today um so i i uh i decided to go with a little low calorie option and i'm having a uh willet pot still reserve bourbon um very very generous pour that i gave myself nice um so yeah, I've worked about halfway through it. I'm pretty sure this was about a three finger, you know, like a, a six finger pour. Um, no, nah, I'd say more of a four finger pour. Um, but yeah, pretty solid pour. Uh, but yeah, you know, will it? It's it's a nice, it's a very good bourbon, easy to find. They're doing the, what I got is this 1.75 liter uh, uh, uh bottle within their like kind of classic the pot still comes in this with this really long neck and uh but yeah so i got a 1.75 milliliter bottle which has disappeared much faster than i've drank it say that much (laughs) um uh even though i said hey don't drink all this um but uh but yeah so it was actually a much better deal to buy in the much bigger bottle um so that i've been drinking that's very tasty uh i believe it is a weeded bourbon it's pretty strong 94 proof you get a nice get hit in the face uh with that um yeah i'm not sure if it's weeded or not it, uh it is pretty like it is pretty balanced and, and pretty easy to drink um so that's why it kind of leads me to believe it's that um but yeah a good kick to it um, very tasty caramel vanilla all that stuff that you want from bourbon a little spicy um just a, a very especially for the price like a, a 
excellent fucking bourbon. Um, and you can find it like pretty easy right now. They released it a couple months ago, and I even I even saw it at Costco. So I got mine at Total Wine. Um, so very tasty stuff. I don't drink a ton of bourbon mostly because like alcohol is insanely expensive. Like hard alcohol is insanely expensive in Washington. I used to drink a yes. lot more uh, whiskey when I lived in Vermont, um, especially because I could go over to New Hampshire and get it for really cheap. But uh, now I, I I don't drink whiskey as much. Um, but when you can get it in these large quantities, uh, it feels a little bit better. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's less calories, whatever. Um, trying to lose <laughs> a few more pounds before uh, I have well, to yeah. have my shirt I mean, off. After your of, eight mile run the other day. Like. Yeah. Well, hey, it was actually 12 and a half and, uh, combined for the day. Oh, shit. Um, uh, cause yeah, we, so what Jeff was referencing, me and, and some of my friends did uh, uh, the Rainier to Rest and Relay. And we signed up two years ago. Back then, I was a fucking baller running like seven-minute miles and shit. Um, and so I, I committed to the to the long trail stretch. Uh, it's the longest. It's 50 miles, but this particular, this one leg is eight of it. 52 miles, and one leg is eight of it. And it was complete mud the whole time. Um, just a, a nightmare run. I ran it very slowly. I got really hyped at the start. My heart rate got up way too high. I couldn't get it down, <laughs> so I just had to run slow. So I wouldn't, because I knew I had another four four point two mile run to do later in the day for my for my second leg. Um, so I had to I had to take it easy. Uh, still was super rough, and in that second leg, I was totally dead. It was like the worst I've ever felt on a run. Um, but I did it. You know, whatever we we did it. I'm very proud of me and my, all my friends. Um, it was it was a rough day running two different runs in a day. It's just hard. Like you you know, usually you do your run, you're done, you chill, you relax. But this you do your run, and then a couple hours later, you got to get those legs warm and go again. Like it's it's yep. it's tough, you know. Um, but yeah, we did it, and then I'm running the Sound and Arrows on Saturday, so gotta keep keep it going. Um, Beautiful. with my, uh, with my one and a half legs. Um, yeah, yeah I was very proud. Nice you know, and trim for the wedding, man. Uh, yeah. You're going to be looking good. Not and really, I'm going to be like, yeah, I can't really button my coat, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, that's maybe okay. you should have went with the bourbon. I probably should have. I, I probably should have done a lot of things. COVID really fucked me up, man. Like yeah. I was running, I was losing a little weight and then I got COVID and that, that's by the way, that's part of why we haven't recorded the last couple of weeks because I I wasn't able to talk and too much and was sick and you know whatever and it really fucking sucked. I went two years without getting that stupid shit and then I got it. So yeah, I'm like yeah yeah I'm still uh you know I I do too much right now and it's it's not like it's not bad but I get this co- I get these coughing fits and it's like terrible like it's just I can't stop coughing when it when it starts and I hate it so. Well, yeah, man. You know, you can always do what Amanda's brother is doing and go on a 900 calorie a day diet. I suppose I could do that. I could do that, Uh, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Well, so starvation is not uh, when when the that's not in my that's not in my access to button the jackets. You know, Jeff Jeff won't be able (laughs) to do so. (laughs) I'll just be like, whatever, man. I don't button my jacket. Like I'm too cool for a button. So, 
but but before before I let you go to bed, Jeff, um, we got to talk about Michaela Byerlova. Hell yeah, uh, we do. The greatest tennis player in WSU history. Um, yeah. So she. Uh, we were Michaela Byerlova hipsters a yeah. few weeks ago. Yeah, we were watching her on the goddamn. We worst, were on that. The worst feed. <laughs> oh, possibly shit. imagine that was terrible. That Single was camera terrible. does not move. Wind blasting the microphone <laughs> yeah and no uh no commentary at all just the the sound of the ball and <laughs> the, maybe the score, you might hear the ref at some point the score the being judge. behind the play and yeah. if there's kind of a a play that you're not sure what happened you just kind of got to roll with it for example yeah. so in the, the yeah yeah go ahead in the match that she lost we thought was over but it turned out she had won a point and then the match kept going. Like it was, it was so weird. But, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, it was just hilarious. You know, it was on some website called Tennis One, and uh, and then it was like I could not, you, I like maybe there was a way to do it. I could never figure it out how to open up the video feed in sort of its own screen. No, and it so would just expand it, a bit, but it was not really yeah. in its own screen. Like it was yeah. just kind of so, a little bit bigger. And all of the other feeds were doing little tiny videos on the page. So like, it was like annihilating my computer's resources. It was unbelievable how much time, like, like just like what it was doing to my computer. Cause I couldn't, I, I literally could not do anything else. So, um, it was kind of funny, the janky thing, but I was glad I got to watch it. And she, uh, you know, it was, it was a really fun run and, but all the way um, the to the last match, so yeah, yeah, you know the last match. Um, she ran into somebody who was just hot, hot, hot. Um, you know, we thought, well, you know, maybe look, things are looking good. This other girl's ranked, you know, ninety six, and uh, and she she was really good. She had so, taken down uh, a lot of highly ranked players. On yeah, I don't even know how she finished because I didn't follow it at all after that. But um, but yeah, you know, Byerlova just made an incredible run. That last match is really you know a lot you know way too many unforced errors um you know just kind of sabotage yourself at times and um you know but it's a grueling run man they play day after day after day yeah, that, after day you know no that, breaks uh, and that's it's rough that, that round of 16 match um against uh uh the woman from north carolina tang tango yeah. say uh was yeah just incredible she battled back battled back to win and it looked like she may have been on her way to doing that again, but it just didn't go her way in that tie break in the second set. And so, yep. it, yeah, so she just uh, dropped that. So she wasn't able to come back and try to try to win it in the third. Um, she had plenty of set points in that, in that, uh, in that tie break. I just couldn't convert. Yep. I think she had three of them. The wind was the wind was. for all players was just destroying the chance to, um, destroying the serves, like it was, it just it was knocking, knocking down the any advantage on the serve. Um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Maybe they shouldn't play. Yep. Maybe they shouldn't play the NCAA tennis championship. <laughs> maybe in don't play in Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's a few. Maybe there's by some the way, the uh, that have better weather. The the girl that beat her uh, lost in the next round. So. Um, this, the Misa sorry, wore her out. 
Yeah. Um, Steams, who is, she was from Texas, Peyton Steams, beat her 6364, and then um, they actually did not put the, so that put her in the championship. Um, and then uh, the, the bracket here actually does not say who won, so never mind. I was going to say who the champion was. What? What? I don't know. They didn't put in they didn't put in the last winner, so whatever. But, so Texas Yeah, but won it was super overall, cool, man. But... Yeah, quarterfinals though, man. That is that is such a huge cool accomplishment uh to go win, you know, three matches when, and No, no one know, other than awesome. her had ever even played in the NCAA tournament for WSU and and no one other than her had ever won a a, a match. Yep. And now she advances yep. all the way to the to the quarterfinals. Yep. Um, so uh, Peyton Stearns won. Is that how you yes, said it was? Yes, I see that now. Yeah, yeah, I said steams because that's what it looked like on the on the bracket. Sorry, Peyton, mispronounced your name. But yeah, man, very cool for Bayer Lova. Like that's just like I don't know, man. It's super awesome, and you know, being able to you know we 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 talk often about how um, sort of everything is. Um, you know, sort of a golden age, right? Of of um, you know, WSU athletics. I mean, it's you know, we got we got people doing things in sports that that we in um sports that haven't traditionally uh you know been good at WSU. So um, very very cool, very very cool. Um, and I look forward to seeing Bayerlova in you know on the on the women's tennis tour. I assume that's where she's assume that's where she's heading next. So. Seems like yep. she's good enough to play professionally. Yeah, it's a, it's always interesting in tennis because obviously, like a, a lot of uh, players, um, go pro so young. Uh, yes. So you never quite know like where the the college athletes stand. It's the same with like men's soccer is similar yes. in that way. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, I hope so, man. Go go make some money, Michaela, and uh, thank you yeah. for representing WSU in such an amazing way. Um, yeah, and I think she ended up. Uh, she finished uh, ranked fifteenth, I, I think, is where she ended up. So by far the highest a, a WSU player has ever been ranked. Um, so yep. that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, um, that that's all we have for today, uh, Jeff has to go to a, a Jack White concert tomorrow and he, and he I know so I got it. editing to do here I got to get this done quick yeah, so I can go yeah, to bed and cuz you know I'm yeah, going to be driving back from Seattle at midnight tomorrow so yeah um yeah it'll so be worth enjoy, it though enjoy that concert buddy and uh I'm going to watch Jack White I'll, shred I'll, I'll see you on Saturday and oh, yeah. uh but yeah uh thank you for listening if you like it rate us five stars on itunes and wherever else itunes is most important um but if you listen on spotify i think you can rate on spotify now you couldn't in the past but i think you can right now um anywhere we can rate you can't rate on all the podcast services but wherever you can give us five stars um and then uh follow us on twitter i'm at the craig powers jeff's at pod versus everyone follow me on tiktok at craig w powers um same for instagram um i'm really enjoying tiktok it's great uh it's i basically just have my feed entirely trained to show me new uh new uh pop punk emo and post hardcore bands so 
Um, <laughs> I've, awesome. I've trained that algorithm. Um, but yeah, so uh, again, thank you, Michaela Bailova, you could guess. And, uh, and with that, I say, uh, go fucking dudes. Go kooks, Craig. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Get vaccinated.